Thank you for tuning in to this week's Just Ball Things. If you're catching us on the podcast, remember to give us a rating and review. And now, on with the show. Shut up and sit down. Or evening, from wherever you're listening across the world, welcome to a Super Express edition of JBT, Uh, because we love you guys and we didn't come out with something on the the Sunday slash Saturday or wherever it is you're listening, Uh, we were hitting at you with a short, sharp pod, because we like to keep our people interested. Mate, with me today, not in my actual boudoir. I knew you were going to say boudoir. (laughs) (laughs) But across the pond, uh, across the freeway, really. You're not that far away, but you're not with me. Jack Manuel, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Um, I was just thinking, Nick, obviously in your intro, how many O's and W's are in that initial good morning? I'd I'd give it a good 17. I was going to say 17. Fuck, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so in tune. Anyway, this is... This is my name is my name is Nick Busing and it has been an expensive week for me to this week, Jackie Boy. You the, did you press the money thing? Because I can't hear it. I I mean you wouldn't be able to. I don't even have it up because I because I was like Express not going to need it, but now I'm going to need it, and it's too late. We it's need gone. it. <laughs> Aren't we going to need it for Brooklyn bits and Wizards woes? Oh, all right, I'll get it up. Um, that might take some time, but let's, let's, let's just get to it. Anyway, it's been an expensive week for me, mate. I bought me dad's 60th birthday present and my girlfriend's birthday present in the same week. Oh, no. Not it's a good timing. Rough. Not a good timing. You know what? I got I got Chels. I got her tickets to the Cursed Child. Oh, that's sick. Why couldn't you get me tickets to Cursed Child, you butt? Because they're $155 each. And you don't love me $155 worth, clearly? But what's worse is that I obviously need to buy some for myself. I'm not going to let her go by herself. I'm not a psychopath. Uh, but it's also two shows. So oh, all in yeah. All, it's costing me $620. Yeah, I um, I tried like crazy when I was in, over in London to get it. But like I was there for two years and I was sold out for two years. So <laughs> um, hopefully Melbourne, I'll spend that 620 bucks or 350 pounds or 500 US dollars, whatever it is. But Nick, you're a good man. You're a generous man. Thank you, sir. Official banter time has, has begun, mate. Oh, of course. Official plug. You can contact us at the J-Man JBT or JBT Nick. Uh, we're also closely affiliated with OTG Basketball. They've got an awesome, awesome podcast network, news website, uh, where you can keep up to date with all things NBA. Top uh, 50's dropped already. We're starting that. Corey's dropped his. I'll have mine in the coming days. There you go. Shameless plug. Um, you see, you follow them on Twitter at OTG Basketball. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash things. Give us a like and a follow there. Uh, you can also hit us up on email. Well, we'll read the emails on the show, gbtpodcast at gmail.com. We'll start here with the Busick Manuel scale. As always, we'll fly through these. Uh, try to keep it as short as possible for you people. Yes. Very easy to internalize. Um, for those of you who are new, this is a JBT created scale that sums up how likely things are to happen in the NBA. We scale it on alternative Twitter, Wikipedia, or just straight up fact. Cool. There you go. Luke Walton. Luke Walton. Eldup. Eldups. The Walt Man. The Walt Man. I don't mind him. Walter. Walter. Walter, Walter Mitty. 
Walter Schmidt. Walter Matilda. Walter Matilda. Walter White. All of yep. the Walts. What's what's going on with him? Uh, I hear he's getting fired. I think he might as well. Luke Walton's firing his inevitability, Nick. Where you got this one? Uh, pretty high. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> it's higher than a fact for this. I it's mean, like it's a... come straight from the Snoop from the Snoop Deezy's mouth, as well as Mark Stoggizzles, Schmishnizzles. Yes, you just read the link. You didn't read the updated link, which is Mark Stoggizzles. <laughs> Of the New York yeah, Times. no, I saw that. Um, I, I saw that today. Um, I got the Bleacher Report today saying that there'll be uh, league sources say, you know, I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it could mean anything. Uh, league sources say that there will be fielding other coaches in the offseason. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a hashtag fact for me. They've, they've been saying since the start that Walton's not their guy. The only reason he stayed in there is because Jeannie Buss is, you know, he he's got Jeannie Bus in his pocket, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in his corner, whatever you want to say. Uh, he's run his course. He's obviously not getting the desired results from his players, vets more so than youngins, which is a bit of a surprise g- mm-hmm. given previous iterations of teams similar to this, where your youngins don't tend to fire. Uh, but yeah, they're just not getting uh, production out of their vets. Some injuries haven't helped them. Uh, Lonzo's recurring injury and. You know, Bron taking. If Bron doesn't get injured, then this this is a like I I assume they're still going to get a new coach, but they, we wouldn't be talking about it now. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, two things, Nick. Do you think Luke Walton is a good coach, and do you think Ty Lue is the inevitable uh, coach of the Los Angeles Lakers next season? Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, no to both of them. No, or I don't. I don't know. I am not know. privy enough to know what makes a good coach a good coach other than wins. What like, about the Golden State stretch that he had when he took over? Well, that's what I mean. Going... But, like, Mike Brown also did that. Yeah. You know, like, <clears throat> I feel cool. like they've, they've, they've developed a system. And, I, like, the system plays out more than the coach. I mean, the coach can bring in the system, but a system that sort of coaches themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, which is exactly what I believe the Warriors have sort of cultivated over the past four or five years. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, I mean that's the sign of a good coach, you know, bringing yep. in a culture and bringing in a system um, that anyone can just seamlessly jump into. Mm. Um, so is he a good yeah. coach? I mean, I don't know. He's still very young. He is. And I think that hopefully the right team... Uh... And instill that because when you have LeBron James on the team, you, you can't instill you know a new culture. He is the culture. Mm. Everything is built around him. But we will get to him, Nick. And we're going to skip a little bit forward on the doc. So make sure you scroll down a bit, mate. I am I'm uh, scrolling. Good man. Uh, now we'll go to Stephen A. Smith for our next music, Manuel. Biggest problem with the Los Angeles Lakers is LeBron James. And keep that camera on me because I got a lot of stuff on my mind that I need to get off my chest. From this day forward... We're going to stop calling LeBron James the best player in the world. We're going to stop that right now. LeBron James is obviously great. The Mount Rushmore and all, Mount Rushmore and all of that other stuff. I mean, do I need to put up a ticket for you? you, you, you no, I mean, because, because God forbid I'm critical now. God forbid I do that. God forbid that I say, oh, my goodness, LeBron James, that I point out that he ain't playing the defense on too many occasions, that guys are blowing by him, that guys are salivating for the opportunity for LeBron James to be defending them so they can abuse him because he's not 100% healthy. We recognize that, okay? And what I'm primarily saying about him not being the best player in the world right now is because LeBron James is not 100% healthy. Stephen A, mate. 
Not gonna lie, you all heard the video, but I have not. <laughs> Jackie boy, give us a rundown. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James is the Lakers' biggest problem, Nick. He essentially goes in on him with the Stephen A. Smith smooth, sultry tones, Ooh, changing yeah. the the inflection and the the density of his voice. I'm sure there's many, uh, uh, many, uh, many a dead pause in there to just the pause beautiful for dramatic effect. I'll I'll do it as Stephen. I'll read this music Manuel as Stephen A. Smith would. <laughs> LeBron James is the Lakers' biggest problem. Now, is that true, Nick? Where does this go on the scale? I thought that was pretty good. By mind, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, it's sort of a double-edged sword. I think he's yeah. he's also their biggest winner. Like he's he's their yeah. he's their biggest you know solution reason for success. Um, but he can also be a big problem as well. Like, um, I was listening to a, a little bit from, um, I think it was on, uh, it's a, the ringer or it's Lowe. the no, no, it's a, it was a oh, Zach Lowe pod, right. uh, but it was, it wasn't a Zach Lowe pod because it was, Zach Lowe just appeared on a Rosillo pod, but it uh, came yeah. through the low posts, a uh, little yeah. RSS feed. feed. Yeah. Um, so I listened to that and Rosillo essentially went on this rant saying that, you know, LeBron's been doing this sort of lax, lackadaisical, lack of that, that's a good word, um, yeah. uh, l- stuff on defense for two years now. It's just bigger. I mean, this was inevitable. Bigger bigger market, bigger expectations, and big, subsequently bigger downfall for when this, when shit starts hitting the fan. Yep. People start picking apart his defense more, more um, you know, more in-depth. More closely. Mm. Now, um, I, and in, I, yeah, you go, you go, you go. Yeah, I, I think that in terms of biggest problem, yeah, I mean, you, you've highlighted it there, Nick. He's probably their biggest problem on defense. And when you are the leader of a team, you set the tone on both ends of the mm. floor. Um, now, I think that it's overblown how good they've been with him in the team. I think they're like 24 and 22 after today's uh, Clippers loss with him in the team. And they're like, obviously, uh, worse with him out. But he, this Lakers team isn't good even around LeBron. You know, I think the Cavs teams that he's been on, this is probably the worst LeBron team that he has been. And obviously the worst version of LeBron that we have seen as well. Um, you know, I think someone was saying that like he is at the slowest pace, um, even behind Dirk Nowitzki in terms of the pace that he plays at in a game. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean he's slower than Dirk and blah, blah, blah. But he is... I'm giving this a Twitter because he... It's not the biggest problem because I think the culmination of all of those small problems, you know, culminating in just a, a, a real mismatch, which we, we've, we've highlighted and I've criticized a lot of, of that front of around LeBron is for me the biggest problem. So I'll give this a Twitter fact before we move on. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm probably less of a, I'm probably giving this one an alternative fact. Biggest problem is that does not even come close. I mean, he is a problem, no doubt. Like you said, he um, he's the most senior player on this team. He is the leader and should lead by example. Um, you know, I, I follow a sort of management style myself. It's like you would never ask someone to do something you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. Yeah. And right now he's giving uh, nothing and less defensively. To save himself offensively, I mean, if they've had these conversations... Uh, off the court, but if it means that LeBron plays a quarter of hard defense, be like, that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Ins- yeah. Inspiration, inspire your teammates, 
and yeah. then bang, you get five yeah, but... blocks out of out of Ingram. Who knows? Who knows? But Nick, speaking of problems, moving on to the Phoenix Suns. Mm -hmm. The Suns will never experience success with Robert Sava running things. This <sighs> this story is absolutely unfreaking believable. This is. Uh, I mean, I don't like talking. Like, why are the Suns taking up major major airtime in two of our podcasts this year? <laughs> I mean, the great the the rant of what was her name, Greta. Greta, yeah, yeah, Greta. Was tremendous. It was, was amazing. That was great. It was great. Um, but oh, we're talking about the dysfunction again. It's like the Wizards, and I have well, to that, go for that team. And they have their own segment. The Phoenix Suns are definitely not getting their own segment, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you know someone emails us. Sun might... Sorrows. <laughs> oh, you're good. Is that going to be the title? That's actually a really good title name because it actually refers to. You're writing it down. I, I, write... I write it down. Good <laughs> man. I got the pen. Um, so obviously this is in relation to uh, Kevin Arnovitz's explosive piece, which revealed, um, let's just say it was absolutely wild. And, and throughout, you know, Robert Sava in Ryan McDonough's office put some goats in there upon seeing Dinah Taurasi event because he wants to inspire him to get some goats. The goats proceed to shit all over the freaking <laughs> office. Uh, uh, like literally they shit over the office. And that was obviously the, the craziest thing. And the when I, when I read that headline, I thought it was like a metaphor. Yeah, but no, I, it was very literal. It was physically actual goats. It wasn't like you know getting Michael Jordan and Steve Nash to come over, and it or was whatever. physical actual shit. Yes, it was actual feces. Mm -hmm. um, but Sabas also, in terms of you know basketball sort of relations. The, the, he has interfered with coaches, sort of telling them what to do on defense and substitution patterns. He's confronted players uh, and, and, and everything else. So it's just it's like, how can people feel comfortable? And we sort of talked about, you know, talked about LeBron James in a little bit. How can people feel comfortable doing their jobs and experiencing success individually? And when they have the guy who's right at the top undermining everything they do in so many minute and different ways. Like there's such thing as being a control freak, but then also being a hands-off guy. Like we, I don't know the name of the San Antonio owner because he has let Popovich, R.C. Buford do their thing for the past two decades, making them successful. We know Joe Lacob to an extent, but we generally know the owners like Dan Gilbert, notoriously bad. James Dolan, these guys are bad. Whereas you look at other teams you know, and the teams that are successful, you don't necessarily know because they do their job the right way and let the people they hire do their jobs the right way. <laughs> well said, sir. Not bad, yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it from a basketball standpoint. It makes me wonder from a... It's just like people skills. Like, where are your people skills? Like, he's got good goat skills, though, Nick. Great goat skills. He could herd, herd those goats into a into a room. Maybe he should um, reconsider his profession. Um, but I mean, yeah, from a non-basketball perspective, these are how he's dealing and talking and and just managing his employees. You know, people who know better than him i mean it happens in every industry your manager doesn't quite have the technical knowledge that person that people on the floor have so you yep. take for you you accept that those people know more than you whereas he is not and that is oh, amazing because maybe if he actually knew what he was talking about people might listen to him but there are some arguments you have and there's some you don't 
and I was listening again. I was I've been busy on the podcast scene, mate. A, a lot man. of a lot of train rides to work, but Good listening man. to again a Zach Lowe pod with Bob Myers. Yep, he's very much a a, a standoff coach, uh, a GM, but goes in when he has to. The whole yeah. debacle with Draymond and, and KD gave it some room to breathe and managed it, managed it in a very good way. He defers a lot to Steve Kerr, as you would. Yeah. He's, a, he's a genius. Yeah, great man manager. And I think before we move on, you sort of touched on something that sort of sprung something in my head, Nick, in the fact that Robert Sava doesn't have this knowledge, whereas mm. there's probably one owner in the league that has the basketball now some knowledge to, to make an impact if he wants to. But he does it because, you know, we, we know MJ. But Michael Jordan, he's the only owner in this league that would have the credence to go up to, you know, um, James Borrego and go, look, maybe you should do this. Or go up to Kemba Walker. Or maybe you should do this. And they want him to do that. But obviously, you'd much rather Michael Jordan be doing that than Robert Sava. But Nick, the Indiana Pacers, they've been absence of Oladipo and will be more of a threat in the playoffs than Boston. Spicy, what do you think? I don't think it's that spicy. It's mild. I don't. What, I, I, on the on the Nando scale, where is it? <laughs> uh, it's not quite a lemon and herb. I'm going to give it yeah. a mild. I'm going to okay, give it a mild. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Paces have been just the picture of consistency. They've been great all year. They've been I, great. I mean, they're just good. They've their been ho- defend- their home record right now is is is. Ridic is twenty four and nine, which is which is That's... No, not best, not best in the league, but it is very, very good. Coupling up with a over five hundred road uh, road schedule, yeah, they're just That's... a consistent, consistent performing team. Even with but... even when Oladipo went down, yeah. they're still third. They have been they're... third for what feels like the entire season. Yeah, and they've just ramped it up. Like in February, Boyan Bogdanovic, since the start of Feb, is averaging 23 points a game, 55% from the field, and over 41% from three. He has been stunning. And, you know, Miles Turner is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Thaddeus Young continues to go under the radar. Um, They're defensively one of the best teams in the league, which bodes well for the playoffs because that's generally where you want to be. You want to to be one of the better defensive teams in the league. But uh, I can't buy into this. I'll give it a Twitter. Because I think, obviously, with Boston and everything that's happening right now, and there, obviously, there's so much going on inside that locker room and on the court, and with Gordon Hayward, his health, blah, 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 Kyrie Irving continuing to just talk shit. Um, I still think that Boston has a lot more talent to make more of an impact in the postseason. Um, whether they do, though, I would not be surprised, like you said, Nick, to see Indiana maybe and um, you know exceed expectations and do better and win a first round series and who knows they could come up against you know Boston in a four five series we we don't know where things will finish up but um, I will certainly be uh, keeping an eye on Indiana that's for sure. My concern more with uh, Boston is that especially recently in their past four games they've lost three of those four. The only one they won was against us, which yeah. we're not a playoff team. And you the are other not three were playoff teams. So, yeah. okay, uh, I'd need to have a look at their and um, do some outside research on on how they're doing against um, these better teams. But especially recent, recently, these better teams are the ones that they're losing to. These better teams are the ones that they're going to be playing in the playoffs. And these losses are destroying their, their club. It's yeah. destroying their team. Kyrie's coming out and, you know, sliding into into group dms like oh love the group dm it's just bang it's he's uh, he's 
relentless. They've lost to the, the Blazers, the Raptors, and the Rockets. The Raptors are the only really ones they're going to face in the meantime. But at the end of the day, if, they, if they're... Uh, and they might not be pushing for championships this year, but they're not going to be saying that out loud. Um, yeah. They need to beat these Western Conference teams as well. They do. They do. But a team who do- isn't experiencing any of those sort of woes, Nick, is the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost to the Suns today, though, didn't they? Uh, Buckaroonies? Yeah, that I think they that, did. That would surprise me. They did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nine. The Suns and the, La- the, the Lakers beat the... The Suns beat the Lakers and now the Bucks. They're on a run. But uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are poised to make a big playoff run a la the Golden State Warriors in 2014-15. Now, Nick, just to give some background to this one. So in 2014-15, the Golden State Warriors went 67-15 and after going 51-31 and prior and losing in the first round of the Western Conference. Funnily enough, last season, the Milwaukee Bucks lost in the first round to the Boston Celtics, have made a massive jump upon the hiring of a new coach. Lots of similarities there, my friend. What do you think? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, similarities, sure, but there's, they're different teams. There's not nearly. I mean, there's not nearly the depth that the Warriors have had. The Warriors were building this sort of this team for years. This has sort of come as their best players were, apart from really like Chris Middleton. Like, but, but I'm basing it. But like, I think you might be misinterpreting. I'm basing it purely off the 14-15 and the fact that like 14-15. Could, the- could they make a big playoff push? Yeah, like I mean, literally, certainly, it's a, yeah, of the course. exact same thing. This, the, the similarities are eerie. They hire a new coach, Steve Kerr, Mike Woodenhoser. They make a massive jump in the win-loss standings. The, the Bucks are probably finished with the best record in the league. I think that's probably... And obviously, it's going to come down to the playoffs. Where do... Can Giannis step up? Can Chris Middleton? Can Bledsoe off the back of a new contract? That's where it's all going to be. We saw Bledsoe get outplayed by Scary Terry last season uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, it's all about them, but I, I'm... I'm Excited about them. A poised to make a big player front. I'm giving this a, a wiki because I am always skeptical about teams who haven't done it yet. But mm. I think that they have so much talent, are so well coached that they're just on the verge of it that it almost seems to be an inevitability. Well, we can see this go either two ways. And, you know, this is probably a, a, a sort of a sitting on the fence bet. But I, I'm not sure that... They can either go really, really well or really, really poorly because of the lack of experience for the poorly. Uh, you find that like a well-drilled, well-coached team don't generally do too well in the playoffs. You need that big superstar. But they have that big superstar. Like you saw the Atlanta Hawks team of old. Funny yeah. enough, coached by... Michael Nozer. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, I can I can definitely see this crashing and burning. But then the the skill of Giannis can see you through many a series, and so, I think that's gonna that's gonna push them through. Big play, oh. a, 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 a big playoff push, though. Mm, I hope. I so truly hope. There's is, is there a scale you want to give it, mate? Before yeah, we move yeah, on, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a wiki as well. Cool. One. Um, speaking of the Atlanta Hawks, the John the Doncic Trey Young trade might replace the PG thirteen Oladipo deal as the best win win trade via Matt Brooks on Twitter. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? Um, I mean, I don't I don't like this comparison because sure it was a win win, but you traded two top. What did what did Trey Young go seven? 
It five, I think. Five. Okay. So two. You tra- just traded spots to two top five picks. Yeah. Was they didn't, I mean, they the didn't... chances of that being a win-win is pretty high. Yeah, I think the the main thing is that so many people were so ridiculously high on Luka Doncic in the sense that why didn't the Atlanta Hawks just take Doncic? Why did they need to? People were have... saying that at the start of the year, definitely. Yeah, and I, and I think the reason, obviously, this. Trey Young has been on a absolute freaking tear of late. Like he is putting up numbers of Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan. Um, he's his last five games, and I'm uh, I'm, believe, I'm getting this from Bleacher Report. He's put up thirty point thirty and ten, twenty three and eight, thirty six and eight, thirty six and ten, forty nine and sixteen. Now, <laughs> if we were doing the if we were doing JB Team of the Week, you'd have all spots locked up. It's it's ridiculous, and obviously three votes in Rookie Watch. We might still put his votes in there because he does deserve it. And a rookie, I think he would be the first rookie this season to feature as the point guard on on Rookie Watch. So he has been insane. That extra pick that Dallas give, depending where they finish, after a bad loss to the Nets today, thank God. Um, I think that they that extra pick could end up being something kind of nice. You know, with the flattened odds, if they get a top five pick, if they get an, a top 10 pick even, and Atlanta, you know, develops something, or they somehow, with their own pick as well, they get, say, Zion and, you know, um, maybe PJ Hunter, then they've got just the building blocks of something really sustainable and something that could be, you know, a championship nucleus in the next eight years or so. So I, I was always higher on this and I, and I'm, 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 I get why Doncic is so transcendent, but um, Trey Young has been proving me right uh, a little more lately. Well, I was in the same boat as you. I remember getting uh, updates from your Bleacher Reports and all that about this young guy who's like shoots like Steph and I'm like, oh, he must be pretty good. And now I'm hearing all like pre-draft, I'm hearing how, you know, it's an unsustainable way to play. Your, your classic, your, your classic adversity that comes with your your shooters, like he, he is. Um, but you know, you you stay true. He showed a few flashes. He had a few poor games. There's no there's no doubt about that earlier in the season. But right now, he's he's proving his stock. Um, his uh, his passing is just and he's part. I mean, he, that that's that was out. the beautiful thing when his shooting was waning. He would rack up fourteen assists. Exactly. So it's like this is a, this is the first year player. It's incredible, but. The scale is comparing it to the likes of PG thirteen Oladipo. Yeah, and yeah. that we we had a guy who destroyed his leg. He essentially received a new leg. <laughs> no, but it's the trade though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, but I'm saying like so PG's PG's ceiling before injury was amazing. Yeah, post injury was not so good. I mean, he came back the season after halfway through played well the following season was nah um Oladipo struggling second man at the at the thunder and now they're both superstars yeah like PG-13 is (laughs) but I think he's MVP worthy and Oladipo went to an all-star that year he got traded yeah I think but in terms of like the overall it's it's compared Comparing for me the the deal for both teams, so like it's benefited Indiana greatly, it's benefited OKC greatly. Has this trade with Doncic, Trey Young, as well as that first round pick via Dallas, benefited both teams equally slash greatly as much as the other? It's hard to tell so far, and I get what you're saying because these are rookies. But these kids have you know star talent written all over them, and Luka Doncic was a fringe all star. And Trey Young, if he was playing like this for 50, 60 games, he would be there probably as well. Mm. So um, 
I think you could probably give this one almost an incomplete, but I'm going to give it a Twitter because it has some credence and I think it could get there, but um, obviously it's a, it's a TBC. Mm. All right. Let's, uh, we've got a couple, Do- couple minutes left here, mate. Would you like to go Brook- Brooklyn Bits or Wizards Woes? Um, what what music are you going to push? Just you do it and surprise me. All right. I figured we talk enough about the uh, Washington Wizards, mate. So the Brooklyn Nets with Ooh, okay. Brooklyn Bits. Brooklyn's latest form leaves them in a shaky position to make the playoffs. You got the you got the W today, though. We did, thank the Lord, uh, because our form before that in the prior two games was pretty pitiful. And it wasn't necessarily the form. It was more how we were playing, the coaching and everything surrounding it. Obviously, Nick and I, uh, Nick, Nick Faye and I speak about it regularly on the Brooklyn Buzz, so subscribe to both of those uh, on iTunes. But they're seventh now. Uh, the Pistons have been in much hotter form. Uh, we both are at 500. Um, the Magic are hot on our heels, uh, a few games behind. And have been playing very good basketball as well, especially defensively. The Hornets and Heat are probably in the net, the next sort of tier. So the Nets right now being seventh, it's okay. We have this mini stretch where we go against the Cavs and the Hawks. We need to lock those down because then we've got the Pistons, which will be a tremendously important game. So each game is so vital for the Nets to sort of solidify themselves. Uh, also... Please do it for me, Coach Kenny and guys, because I've officially booked my flights over the playoff period at the start of the playoffs. So I would love to see you guys play a couple of playoff games. Yeah, definitely. It would be amazing to see the Nets in the playoffs. Uh, just looking at your stats here, you went 4-6 and six in Feb. You've started off the March 0-2, uh, oh it says, but it would be 1-2 and two, um, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your January, I mean, it seems a bit slow out of the gates from, uh, from the All-Star break, which can happen. Um, that can definitely uh, hinder teams' performances, that little bit of a break. Um, but I think you guys are as poised as any for a uh, for a playoff spot, especially in the East, because uh, no one below you, no one below you is better than you. So it's just a matter of wh- how <laughs> whether you guys screw it up. I believe. Yeah, we did lose to the Hornets, though. We'd have lost to the Heat. So, but they're not uh, like they're not better than you like i get it but at the I mean, same it's, time it's just a matter of whether you guys can can hold true to your form or you dip and you know this is it's going to test your steel in the next uh the next few weeks and in, upcoming into the playoffs so Certainly. best of luck to you uh to you chaps all right so, do you want to do that music for gonna... the i, I want to i can't hear it uh Send me the music after. I'll listen. But I think that just about does it. We've uh, hit our hit our mark, and I oh, have no more wizards. Words. No more. Not for this week. That's why I Radio, said mate. we've got to pick one. And I'm like, we've talked enough about the wizards, but we'll uh, we'll leave that one for uh, for another week. So thank you again for tuning in to this express super express yeah. uh, edition of Just Ball Things. Uh, you can catch us on the Nothing But Net Dash Radio channel. As always, you can catch us on Apple Pods, Google Pods, Pocket Casts, Blog Talk Radio, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Do us a solid and leave us a rating and review there as well. Helps us out a heap. Uh, remember, it's you guys that make the show great, so we appreciate any and every post heading our way. So until next week, keep balling superstars. Come on.